Hello and welcome to Arcade Gash, the best place to chill with your friends and get your gaming goodness every Monday at 6am Australian Eastern Daylight Time. I'm Ashley Hobbley and join me today on the couch is Kieran Marchin. It's, you know, I'm the back-to-back podcaster of 2024. I mean, I'm time <laughs> both times, I'm here for both episodes. And, and next week we're going back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, you know, we'll, we'll keep it up. Can't promise it the entire year, but right now, <laughs> yes I can. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's crazy. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk us? it? First one to miss an episode in the year. Dylan. Well, you almost did. You almost Nearly. did last week. With Only that, 20 minutes. The definition you know. of, well, there was a whole podcast recording prior to that as I US, but you know. It's... Yeah, but not this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about keys is what I want to say. Uh, no, <laughs> on today's episode. <laughs> That's a reference to that. That, that, that is okay. Catch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. On today's episode, we'll be talking about all the depressing news continuing to f- happen in 2024. Uh, also, Nintendo made a passive aggressive uh, remark about Power World, uh, and yeah, that's kind of it. But we'll kick things off with a more positive note. Uh, I can finally talk about the game that I was I've been playing the last several weeks, Ooh. like a dragon, infinite wealth. Uh, I'll just say off the top. I haven't finished it yet. Of course, so I've got like a chapter and something. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> so I'm like chapter seven, eight. I'm doing like a bunch of the sub stories and that kind of stuff. I've cleared like a fair portion. Like yeah, I've, you got I've that. like stuck in a lot of yeah, stuff's yeah. off the map. I'm like, yeah. wow, I'm really far along. It's really weird that there's one like blanked out thing on the, like the main menu, like on the on the pause menu. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it's just going to be like some small thing uh, that'll. Be- only add like a little bit of time to the game it'll be fine turns out i was not even close to finished <laughs> so <laughs> you know completely misjudged how far into the game i was um but yeah it's uh so i do have a quality critic score i've got an article up yet uh like a dragon's got a 9.5 across uh seven reviews uh uh, Charlie over a checkpoint said, "Taking the franchise to new heights and new cl- no cows like a dragon. Infinite wealth is the pinnacle of the long-standing franchise. The game is magnificently pulled off the difficult cast of giving new and local players the best of both worlds with the new Ichiban-led story, but also nailing emotional payoff years in the making with the curio story portions, providing quality side content that is addicting and seemingly endless. There isn't a single drip of the game that is dry, dull, or not worth your time." Uh, and she gave it a 9.5. Matt Houston over at Player 2 gave it an A- and said, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth has taken the solid foundation of Yakuza 7 and refined it to the point where I can safely say this is one of the best, if not the best, JP- JRPGs I've ever played. The writing is somehow both absurd and emotional. The story is high soap drama of the highest order, and the gameplay is addictive and engaging. The problems with Yakuza 7 have all been ironed out, and the new additions have all become very welcome. Uh, yeah, so this is really, really good. I'll just knock out some of the cons against the game because it's pretty easy. It does take a while to get going. It I want to say maybe two to three hours before you actually get to Hawaii, which is the, probably the big draw of uh, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. game. Obviously, uh, it's set, I want to say, five years after the events of uh, Like a Dragon, um, Kasuka... Uh, is working for Hello Work uh, in the wake of the Great Dissolution in which the Tojo clan and everything kind of stopped being an organization um, and 
the people in the Yakuza, former Yakuza people, like are struggling to get jobs and that kind of stuff. So he's kind of trying to help as much as he can. Um, but then he is set on a path to find his birth mother uh, in Hawaii um, and, you know, stumbles into a massive conspiracy. His birth mother, Akane, is uh, being chased by several different uh, organizations across Hawaii. Uh, and it all kind of leads to a like global conspiracy, like or it's Hawaii, Japan con- conspiracy. Uh, and Kiryu uh, uh, Kazuma uh, is helping Kasuga in uh, in Hawaii. So that's like the setup. Um, graphically, it's very impressive. At certain points, there are definitely a lot of models that are not. There, there isn't the same standard <laughs> across the board. I think is a fair thing to say. Um, which I think is, is pretty normal. When which is games. pretty normal for this. Maybe it's most jarring because obviously it's set in Hawaii and there's like a bunch of white people and like some of the models for them are just not as... At least is like, it like... Uh, my favourite's always... And I guess I I, can, I draw from um, anime a lot. When anime go to Western... Especially mm. to America. It's always funny because they get... They have like American characters that are talking English but they're getting Japanese voice actors to do the English accents or the yes. American accents while speaking English. It just sounds completely off and completely wrong. I mean, that's another time. thing. Like the at some, like in the start, he's like having troubles because obviously he's speaking Japanese to English people. And then they just drop that idea. Like maybe <laughs> like a couple of missions after you land in, in Hawaii. It's like, and I'll be, I'm listening to the English audio. Because mm-hmm, um, you know that's easiest, and it's really good. Uh, the Kuska uh, act is really good, and then it's Yonge uh, or Yongi who's voicing uh, Kiryu, uh, who does a better job here than I did in the Erased. The man who erased his name. Man who erased his name game. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know maybe with more time in the role, just kind of. Or, yeah, he just has the presence for it in this one uh, more than he did in that one. Um, then yeah, there's some other quirks about the Yakuza games, like the the editing of cutscenes and that kind of stuff is really weird. Where they'll like fade out on a scene and then they'll cut straight back to the exact same scene, but like the moment after, it's like <laughs> why? <laughs> that's such a weird choice. Probably mm-hmm. just like uh, maybe it's just a very Western thing. Uh, but yeah, it's really fun. Obviously, you know this is again another entry in the Yakuza franchise where it's uh, turn based. Um, so you've got your party. Uh, you know, you kind of uh, use your attacks, there's little knockbacks and grapple moves and all that kind of stuff, a lot of elemental stuff. Uh, you have a bunch of jobs that you can uh, get, uh, train each of your characters up in, uh, which uh, unlock different movesets you can add if you have stronger bonds with your character, um, but also then also like up your stats as well. So it's definitely worth uh, like trying out all the different jobs, at least to like level up your stats at the very minimum. Um, yeah i mean the story is really good like it goes in like really interesting directions and like uh very emotional has a lot of emotional beats uh but then can also go in the most absurd directions humanly possible um there are the most absurd thing actually in a screenshot um on Mm -hmm. twitter the exchange rate from japanese yen into the usd (laughs) is uh fucking insanely good it is. Uh, it's one. To yeah, one dollar is a one hundred yen, which yep. uh, you know for Japanese people is good. Like in real life, I think it 
one be... US dollar is 150 US yeah. yen. Yeah. Um, old yen. Um, I think it's just, you know, simple, easier math. It is. It just made <laughs> me laugh when I saw it. Yeah. Somebody posted about it. Uh, but yeah, there are some crazy things, like a lot of callbacks to the last game. Um, a lot of characters happen to pop up who were previously in the last game, um, including a lot of fan favorite characters. Um, yeah, lots of tons of side mission stuff for you to like mm-hmm. dive into. Um, there is a whole crazy taxi esque delivery game where you ride around on a messenger bike um, and deliver food. But also, they want you to do tricks because they're they're kooky kooky messages and they want you to tell us to deliver their food in kooky ways not really caring how you how the quality of the food actually is what condition pizza, the food is they is. like the pizza topping on the top of the box you know they like it it's like that yeah uh the other massive addition is the don buku buki uh island resort uh which is very much an animal crossing-esque uh mode in which you like have to try and build up this hotel this resort on a like smaller island up from like it's covered in trash to like being a five star uh, hotel. I haven't really dived much into that. Like, um, I feel like that's a similar time sink to the business management stuff. I mean, the f- even worse, I would say. You know, yeah. um, at least it's kind of segmented off, so it's like a very much its own separate, completely thing. Um, but yeah, there's like you can collect blueprints all over the map to to like. Uh, make new items even like there's like big buildings that you can build and then there's like you obviously you also have like your own personal house on the island and you can decorate that with all kinds of stuff like even the smallest like littlest thing um but also like you have to farm resources off the island and that kind of stuff it's it's a in-depth mode that is uh definitely adds value to the entire products um obviously the idea of sujibon return um in the first game, I think it was just the the people that you encounter, like who uh, Kasuka imagines the the bad guys he's fighting turn into, are Sugumon. This one you can actually collect them. Uh, Aren't they? You can... Is this the one where it's like um, it's it's very close to Pokemon this time, like which is amusing. No, you think of Power World. Uh, I'm thinking but... of Power... No, no, no. <laughs> but like there is more. It is very much more parody and like esque where there is. Oh, like, this some... one is a massive satire of. Uh, Pokemon, there is a Sugimon League, underground league. Yep. With a discrete four that you need to fight. <laughs> That's the great discrete four. That's already cool. Uh, yeah, lots of gym battles that you need to. You need the to one work I've seen is um, the the one character I've seen is like there's like uh, a guy in a green sleeping bag that looks a lot close to to Metapod. Um, yes. Like he's yeah, it looks uh, it looks very good. It's very good. A lot, couple of smart character signs and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you. Uh, you gift them stuff, and then you convince them uh, to join your team by giving them words of affirmation. The, does that replace the summons from... Um, no, like there is still the uh, pounds, uh, pound something. Pound mates, that's it. Pound mates, yeah. Pound yes, mates, you can yeah. still call people up to do fights and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, lots of fun. There's some really good additions to the cast as well. Uh, some really interesting characters. And just, yeah... The, this definitely feels like a passing of the torch, especially when uh, the story kind of delves more into the Kiryu side and of the story. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that because they said in the trailer he's got cancer, um, so he may or may not make it to the end of the game. Um, but you know, there's definitely that you- vibe over the his section of the story. 
of trying to make the most of the time he has and that kind of thing. Do you think Like a Dragon, or at least the Like a Dragon series, has taken on the mantle of kind of the the almost the headlining factor within the Yakuza um, franchise now? Like, I, I think... I think like your dragon seems to hit very differently, at least here in the West, like seems to hit very differently than just the normal mainline numbered Yakuza games have. Yeah. I think obviously these last two have like been way more successful. Like I feel like they've had much bigger mainstream uh, attention. Uh, although there was the, the video of uh, QXC, I want to say. Uh, XQC. 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 <laughs> QXC. <You know. laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not my juicer. <laughs> Fuck you now. Dude, oh, who cares? Shit. He did. What I'm saying is, he didn't even realize like a dragon was a, a turn-based game until he started no. playing the game. Yeah, so. we we mentioned that. I think it's um, which that's just poor handling and preparation on both the brand side, but probably also XTC's management side. Yes. Of what actually the game is and explaining yes. that properly. Um. So yeah, I think that I suspect a lot of people have jumped in in these last two games. So it kind of is interesting that they've got this massive curio part where they're kind of they definitely like looking down part into the past and then bring references to a lot of past characters and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's never in a way that you feel super excluded. Um, there is an element of oh, I'm sure this moment would be super cool if I'd played those other games. But it's like you know, it still works in the context of of this game in the context of like a pen person looking back in their life yeah. uh, to an extent. Um, there's lots of like little uh, improvements on the game. One of the biggest improvements, especially late game, um, you can pretty much move anywhere you want on the map. Even if you don't go to attack, like you don't have to be right next to a taxi to like fast travel anywhere else. Oh, on the that's map. good. Like uh, you, you pay a little bit more, if you're not by a taxi, but you can still like that is a thing that like kind of speeds up, especially when you're towards the end of the game and you're like, oh, I don't really so want like to run Uber. through. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess you would, in theory, like kind of, yeah, the taxi comes yeah, to you. And, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you pay like probably, I want to say double like the cost, um, but it's worth but it. I guess you know, by the time you're getting into like the game, money's not really, uh, no, it's not a massive issue. deal. And like yeah. you, you don't really want to like, because uh, especially, I don't know if it was this was in the first game, but if you come across like super underleveled enemies, you have the option to like auto, like quickly just knock them out and like take all their uh, stuff. I don't know. I don't think I got far. It's been a while. Um, yeah. And there's lots of other, obviously if you don't want to do the turn-based thing, you have the option to turn on auto battle. Mm-hmm. It'll just fight out the, the fights for you and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's really good. I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah i think making money maybe the hardest part like like especially when you want to get like really cool weapons and that kind of stuff it's like you need to like grind a little bit um but really fantastic side stories and that kind of stuff again like incredibly funny uh stuff in here lots of fun satire the other amusing thing is they've got a uh pokemon snap-esque mode in which uh, you have to photograph a bunch of quotation marks sickos who run around <laughs> in in just like the the bath briefs, I guess, around the city, and just want to be so photographed. Oh my god! It, it's very weird. 
but it but it says it Pokemon Snap mode so. when you're in like a car trolley and you go past. You're trying to photograph as many of them as possible. Yeah. It, it's very funny. Bunch of wild stories. I've been taking so many pictures it's, it's, and saving so many clips. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely keen to finish playing it. Uh, I should have a review up sometime this week, uh, assuming that the last part of the game doesn't take another 10 to 20 hours. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you want to play the game, but you're scared of... I have put currently 70 hours into the game, according to my PlayStation. 70 hours is not bad. At the same time, like I, I loaded up Final Fantasy today. So I think I'm... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, I don't know. I'm you pl- replaying Rebirth? Yeah, because I downloaded uh, with Intergrade and... Um, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I feel like I do need to play Intergrade at the very least. Yeah, before. so like I downloaded it because I was like, oh, if I play all of it, like it's not, and it's something I can just chip away at while I'm doing other stuff, and mm. um, yeah, yeah, but it, it's definitely a game that I'm like, there's definitely going to be a period of time at some point in the year where there is not much that I'm interested in or nothing that I'm like screaming for, and like at that moment I'll be like, cool, I can sit down now for a period of time and play Infinite Wealth, uh, play Infinite Wealth, like that'll be a good option, I think, at yeah. all times. Uh. Oh yeah, another criticism I saw that Charlie pointed out was like a lot of the female jobs are very kind of sexist, and I'd have to. That agree. is sadly, that, but that is also a very Japanese thing as well. Unfortunately, sadly, very much uh, part of Japanese culture. Yeah. A bunch um, of the dude jobs are cool, like uh, desperado and samurai, and yeah, and uh, that was chef. much the same as that was much the same in the the last one. Like it was like um, yeah. like idols and and stuff yeah, like that. Pretty yeah. the same idols housekeeper. Uh, yeah. You know, Night Queen. Yeah. Read into that one you will. So yes, definitely play Like a Giant and Infinite Wealth. It's fantastic. Alright, let's get into some of the depressing news of the week. Uh, so reading from Polygon, Microsoft is laying off 1,900 workers, or around 8% of Microsoft's gaming 22,000 employees from its gaming division. The majority of layoffs are at Activision Blizzard, according to The Verge, though cuts will impact Xbox and Zenimax employees too. Uh, Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer sat out a memo to staff Thursday morning to announce the cuts. It's been a little over three months since the Activision Blizzard and King's teams joined Microsoft. As we move forward in 2024, the leadership of Microsoft Gaming and Activision Blizzard is committed to aligning on strategy and an execution plan with a sustainable cost structure that will support the whole of our growing business. Together, we've set priorities under areas of overlap and ensured they are aligned on the best opportunities for growth. As part of this process, we've made the painful decision to reduce the size of our gaming workforce by approximately 1,900 roles out of the 22,000 people on our team. The gaming leadership team and I are committed to navigating this process as thoughtfully as possible, so the people who are directly impacted by these reductions have all played an important part in the success of Activision Blizzard, Zenimax, and the Xbox teams, and they should be proud of everything they've accomplished. We are grateful for all the creativity, passion, and dedication they've brought to our games, our players, and our colleagues. We'll provide our full support to those who have impacted during the transition, including severance benefits informed by local employment laws. Those whose roles will be impacted will be notified, and we ask that you please treat your departing colleagues with the respect and compassion that is consistent with our values. Looking ahead, we'll continue to invest in areas that will grow our business and support our strategy of bringing more games to more players around the world. Although this is a difficult moment for our team, I'm as confident as ever in our ability to create and nurture the games 
stories and worlds that bring players together. Uh, Blizzard president Mike Yabara, who previously worked for Microsoft for more than 20 years, will leave the company he posted on X, formerly Twitter. As many of you know, Mike previously spent more than 20 years at Microsoft. Now that he has been uh, seeing the acquisition through as business president, he has decided to leave the company, Matt Booty said in a statement published by The Verge. Uh, alongside the job losses, Microsoft also cancelled Activision Blizzard's unannounced survival game to instead focus on one of several promising new projects Blizzard has in early stages of development. Um, terrible, but probably really not surprising. I think it's it's very much the the downside of this kind of corporate mergers and, and takeovers because these you know microsoft especially has a lot of these teams already that they already have their own teams worked out for they've already got their own people worked out for you currently go you know you're not going to keep on two sets of everything it, it it fucking sucks and like this is i guess such a wide casted net in terms of the, the amount of jobs out of this one because activision blizzard is such a large um set of mm-hmm. studios um I think I really hope, you know, I'd, I'd be really interested in a couple of years time if there is kind of uh, some investigative uh, kind of pieces done across the entire industry on what kind of led us to this point, what has caused this. I think a lot of what I've read is kind of the belief of the, this is kind of the fallover from the pandemic. Everything was so great in the pandemic. Everything in terms of, I guess not everything, but like in terms of game sales and the amount of audiences, so many people were turning to video games that, you know, we had all new highs in terms of numbers and purchase sales. And um, like you kind of had the Animal Crossing booms and yeah, Among Us booms. And I think there was more eyes on video games than there ever been before. And I get the feeling like a lot of these corporate um, kind of boards have then projected their 2023, 2024, like the, the, the years following the pandemic based upon pandemic numbers instead of basing Realistic. themselves off <laughs> on those kind of pandemic numbers and lessening it off. Like, sure, there was probably some lessening off done, but I think the maybe they were a bit more optimistic rather than pessimistic. And it, it still, like, it sucks that on the same day, Microsoft announces ridiculous amounts of profits in their company. They're also laying off 1,500 people in at the same time in their business. Like it, that's fucking horrible. Um, I mean, the other thing King, that's been a kick in the mouth is the Bobby Kotick of it all, and him getting like a massive 400 million dollar payout to yes. get to be removed. Which I feel like Xbox or Microsoft didn't have much of a choice in. Like, I imagine no. that was just, like, that was in the contract and there was nothing they could really do about it. But optically, is like, a really bad look for for Microsoft, too. They paid that much money to him uh, and then lay off a bunch of these people. Um, yeah, it also looks like, I don't know if it, it was the same for you, but, like, you went on social media uh, that morning and, like, it was... It was constant. Like, it was constant people saying, hey, I've lost my job. Hey, I've lost my job. And you're like, fuck. Okay, this is... Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because, yeah, also, I feel like a lot of it was, like, internal support teams and, like, the people who, like, work on physical game releases and kind of stuff. Um, But, yeah, it also, like, a lot of people, actual devs as well, like, or people who actually make the games uh, code and that kind of stuff also being cut. So it was, like, 
pretty across the board. Um, like we said, this massive survival game completely shuttered. Um, you know, which is an interesting move because you think, you know, especially this week with the success of another survival game that maybe Microsoft would be uh, wanting to, you know, keep that going. Yeah, but-, but at the same time, like this week, did you know there was there was two survival games released this week? Really? Like, yeah, there was Enshrouded was released into early access on Steam at the exact same time as Power World, and he has not done anywhere near as well because of how well Power World is doing. Like, I think well, he, because they didn't like copy a bunch of stuff off as a more famous mm, franchise. I don't think it's quite that one. Don't 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 believe it's that one. Okay, if you say so. But yeah, but also yeah, this was you know something that we all kind of saw coming. Um, I think. You know, our good friend James Woods over at Kotaku wrote a really good article about Xbox not being your friends, and uh, pretty much articulated what I've been saying for the last four sorry, five years on this podcast. No, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no company is your friend. Doesn't matter if it's Xbox. Doesn't matter if it's Sony. Doesn't matter if it's fucking Nintendo. But the name of the matter. article was Xbox is not your friend. Yeah, but that's and, uh, uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's no no company is your friend. So that is. Uh, that is, I, I, that's that's trying to capitalize on, um, yeah, not not the greatest. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I was right that the Activision Blizzard yeah, deal was bad. No, and a bunch of people were out of work. No, um, and we've yeah, this is only just the start. I want to say we are closing in on the number of people who got laid off in 2024 already in 2023 especially on the back of the other massive layoff news this week uh over at riot uh reading from press start riot games the tencent owned publisher and developer responsible for the global phenomenon league of legends plus a whole emperor of esports spin-off games music tv and more has just announced a reduction of his life workforce by 11 percent cutting another around 530 jobs in total Right, Forge, the label that produced a number of smaller indie-adjacent titles set within the League of Legends universe in collaboration with external talent, will also be dissolved entirely. Uh, Right CEO uh, Dylan Deja uh, announced layoffs in an open letter where he expressed the extent and scope of the changes, how things got to a point where the company decided this was the next move and how it would all be rolled out. Uh, The message starts, Riders, today I'm sharing a decision we hoped we would never have to make it right. We are changing some of the bets we've made and shifting how we work across the company to create focus and move us towards a more sustainable future. This decision means we're eliminating about 530 roles globally, which represents about 11% of our workforce, with the biggest impacts to our team outside of the core development. This also sadly means we'll be saying goodbye to many talented colleagues and friends across all areas of Riot. I realize this is awful news to hear, and we especially hard for those who will be leaving us to all the riders who have been laid off we are deeply sorry that it's come to this uh deja then describes the company's challenges as the result of a number of big bets made since 2019 including rapid global expansion broadening of its profile portfolio and changes in its operating model some of the most significant investments we've made aren't paying off the way we expected them to he adds our costs have grown to the point where they're unsustainable and we're left ourselves with no room for experimentation or failure which is vital to a creative company like ours all of this puts the core of our business at risk uh the ceo stated says that after attempts at reducing the company's costs over the matter of months it was only ultimately decided by the leadership team that reducing the overall headcount as opposed to say those those same leadership executive teams take pay cuts was the way forward naturally it's disappointing to see 
yet more layoffs as a result of drive for massive corporate growth. And that's where what's been a relentless series of the same stories can seemingly touch even the most lucrative and seemingly infallible corners of the industry. Uh, I think this is probably the more surprising uh, playoff story this week. Like, you think Riot, you think the ever-growing money money bin it's that is the, the money printer that is oh yeah. shit we need some more money better put out a skin we yeah need some more money better put out a skin um i'd love to know maybe is that changing is that kind of um is that not working for their player base anymore is skin purchasing not as lucrative for them is it the battle pass matter of kind of in general is that affected um, League of Legends shop sales. What guess... impact did them releasing all the games on Xbox Game Pass have? I don't think much. Did that have a net positive? I, 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 I don't think it has mattered either way. Because all it's really done is given people access to stuff that they could unlock it for free in game anyway. Like although the Game Pass and like all the Game Pass does for say League of Legends or Valorant is like. Give them access to characters, characters, which which, you would otherwise have to buy. No, or grind to and grind to get. But I would be, um, I guess, for the majority of their player base, though we are what? How many years into the lifespan of League of Legends? How many people would actually be purchasing every single character these days anymore? Mm. Maybe getting the bag from Xbox is probably a lot more than that. Um. I also think Riot's had a lot of problems in the last, you know, 12 to 24 months in terms of stories being brought out of it about its kind of culture. It's, um, I don't know if that's 12 months. I feel like that's been kind of an ongoing story. It's an ongoing for story. For a while. But uh, for th- a while. They have been rectifying, to be fair, but the, I feel like they, in the last year, they had to pay, make a bunch of payouts. Like, uh, I think, I think it's, I would be, I guess Riot itself is, you know, you think he's doing well enough in terms of stuff like Arcane, like that's a fucking Netflix series is probably one of the most anticipated Netflix series of this year is going to be Arcane. Mm. Um, there's multiple new um, IPs from Briar in the works. Like there's the, is it Project Z or whatever their fighter is called? I, wanna, um, I think it's probably F. That makes the most sense, right? Project yeah, or F. Project F. Like, which is, um, I think, hasn't been cancelled. They've like cancelled a bunch of other stuff, but uh, that one is definitely still in the works and could, from all reports, could drop any moment they wanted to drop. Yeah, and like you know, we had that period a year or two ago where we had like a bunch of. It was around E three time when they announced like four or five different projects within like the space of a week in yes. terms of like different IP or like, different stories they want to tell within the League of Legends universe. Yeah. So they had the Riot Forge arm in which they were doing a bunch of indie. Yeah, S games with a lot of their IPs, which they are now shuttering, which makes sense because they were never, they were never well marketed. No, would be the way I would. A lot of the time, it. I didn't know that they'd come out. Like the yes, something would drop, and you go, "Oh, that's a li- that's that's a League of Legend thing." Yes. Yeah. Why? Okay. That was yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. Do you know? And yet, those be, weren't the ones that yeah. went on something like a Game Pass. You know, it may that even would be a thing of of Riot kind of maybe relying too much on their current audience base and not having as much effort into kind of gathering more people. Like it's not the like a Fortnite juggernaut's insane, 
Mm. Like, and I, I don't think League of Legends, I don't think has ever been on that. Like, League was up there, but I don't think League was ever to that point well, of, of... It's like, hard to say because obviously its peak interest is in more Eastern markets, which yes. don't get marketers heavily hit to hear us in, in Australia. So, um, but again, we when you think of Riot, you think of, you know... League of Legends. League of Legends, Valorant, like, making a ton of money. You wouldn't suspect them to need to downscale to this degree. Um, but I think, I, th- I think it's... I just think it's, it's not just... It's a combination of things, right? It's inflation. It's mm-hmm. kind of the, the world marketplace as a whole anyway impacting them. Um, I think this is the first big period where game developers and studios are in their current form going through these periods of time. Like, I don't think we've ever had a period like this, like in terms of like the last decade or two decades, like it's been pretty good in terms of business. Like it's, it's been pretty gay for them. Um, sure. There's been moments of, of shitness, but there's never been ongoing strain on the system where I very much think not just internal um, forces and pressures, but external stuff is happening. There's pressuring all these studios to, to kind of change how they're doing things and change where their their um, money flow is coming from and change where their employment is. Which is, it fucking sucks. And, and I think it's not a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. You can't have 2023 be, yes, some people, myself included, look at being like the best year in gaming that we've had in a very long time and yet have had the most job layoffs. Like, I think we got up to almost 10,000 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, we are, what, January 28th, we're recording this, and there's already been another 2,000 oh, jobs lost. Yeah. It's ridiculous, the number of job losses so far this year. Um, you know, you would look at it, you could potentially look at it mercifully, like at least they didn't lay off all those people before Christmas. So I mean that's the one silver that's lining from, I guess. Yeah. from this. But yeah. Um the other interesting story to come out of uh this uh was that uh Riot was working on a unannounced uh Twitch competitor. Uh so I'm reading from Kotaku Australia. Riot Games has shuttered an unannounced plan for a video streaming platform that would have used it would have used to take on Twitch. As reported by Bloomberg, the platform was tentatively named the Riot Esports Network, or REN. It was an app fans could have used to watch competitive rounds of Riot games like League of Legends or Valorant between pro players. League Esports, just by itself, draws massive viewers counts on Twitch, frequently in the hundreds of thousands or any given on any given day in the year. It's easy to see a business case for Riot wanting to capture those meteoric numbers for itself. I, I don't. I don't see. I didn't. I don't see that ever being a successful thing. Um, Twitch is unless like they got a bunch of like massive. Even if they got massive ones, exclu- like, like exclusive. Even if they got exclusive, like Twitch is not gonna. Fuck! Twitch has got how many games does Twitch have with how many streamers from those big games it has on those on that platform, and yet it's also undergone massive job cuts in the last two three months. It's also kind of the CEO has publicly said Twitch isn't profitable. Twitch is not a green tick in Amazon's books. Twitch is not good from a business standpoint. Um, yeah. And that's with, yeah, multiple platforms and multiple games being there. 
you think in pulling on to just League and having all of League and Valorant and kind of the the Riot games on their, their streaming platform is going to do well? And, and, you know, we've already had test cases of, uh, you know, 10 years ago, Dota 2 in other, in, like in the esports marketplace, sorry, it was the common w- way was to sell t- like sell digital tickets to events mm. and that got phased out because of Twitch. So like, I don't see anything that is, uh, I don't see that of there. Hence why it's been, you know, shuttered and, and it's been shelved. Like, I don't think it was, I mean, again, I feel a- like it's it, it potentially in the Eastern markets, especially with the news that Twitch yeah. pulled out of Korea. I mean, yeah, that's fair. you know, there could have been potential there, but, uh, yeah, really sad news across the board, and you know, hopefully we won't have as many stories with so many massive layoffs. Hope not later in the year, but uh, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, no, nah, it's probably going to keep happening. It is probably going to keep happening. Uh, let's update the Power World story from last week. Uh, also written for Press Start, uh, the Pokemon Company says it will be investigating Power World and taking appropriate measures. Although much of the discourse around the recently released Power World and many of its power creatures bearing distinct similarities to existing Pokemon has been largely overshadowed by the immense success of the game, apparently notching up over 7 million sales in just over 5 days, it seems that the Pokemon company is very much intent on examining the situation for itself. The company has issued a statement via its corporate portal, stating that it intends to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to Pokemon without explicitly mentioning Power World, aside from it being a game that released this month. Uh, We've received many inquiries regarding another company's game released in January 2024. We have not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon's intellectual property or assets in that game. We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe or intellectual property rights related to the Pokemon. We will continue to cherish and nurture each and every Pokemon and its world and work to bring the world together through Pokemon in the future. Uh, interesting that they would release a statament. This doesn't give much sway either way, look, in my look, opinion, look, this is this is how doing anything or not. I've looked at it. Japan, all right, in Japan, there is no such thing as fair use. Yes. None at all. Japan is ruthless. This game has been public in its forms since it was originally announced. If Nintendo was going to do something, it would already be doing it. I think I think what came out this week in terms of the only thing I think sure the uh designs of the powers are very close, but I don't think I think if that had been enough, Nintendo would already be doing something because it's had the Electabuzz ripoff as the mm-hmm. kind it's of kind main, of the, face. the face of Power World. And that is probably one of the ones that I think is the closest to being kind of a direct mm-hmm. one-to-one. But on top of that, like, I think this week it came out that there is the potential for the um, interior, like, kind of model frames inside the Powers being almost exact to Pokemons. That's where I'm like, if that's true, you're fucked. Like, you're fucked, Power World. That's true. I can't say anything because it is kind of impossible for that to be a coincidence that the the model mesh frames for both Pokemon and Powers are kind of exactly the same. Um, I think that's a, you're fucked. 
But if it was just based on the game using the designs and stuff, I think Nintendo would have already done something. Nintendo would have done something prior to this game coming out. Like, this game would never have been released. As we saw this week when uh, a mod was put out that made Power World into Pokemon instant nixed. Instant get fucked by Nintendo. Nintendo immediately... Was it Nintendo or was it the actual... No, 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 it was Nintendo themselves. Um, As as far as I've read and looked into, it was Nintendo because actual modded content based on Nintendo and everything. Like it was they've redone the opening cutscene to have Ash waking up and Pokemon actually waking up to see him and and different things. I think like to me, I think it's it's very Yeah, I I I think if Nintendo was seriously going to do something, would have already done it. Um I think it's it's I think Nintendo had to put out this statement because Power World is too big not to. But I think if you know, maybe I'd be thinking differently if this was a Western kind of but this is not this isn't gonna be an international case because both companies are Japanese companies. Um it's all internal to Japan. Like I think it's um it, it'll be interesting how it plays out and if Nintendo ever mentions it again. Um, I I don't. Yeah, I think I've had a lot of thoughts since we had the the discussion um last week about it. Um, that you know I hadn't even thought of during our discussion last week. Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go yeah. isn't a kids game. Like I think there is kind of test subjects of Pokemon. You are no no shot. You, Pokemon, Pokemon Go, Go is, is totally a kids is game. not a kids game. No, How is it not a kids game. What what kids have mobile phones? Every kid. No, okay, all right. What kids <laughs> should have mobile phones walking around places by themselves playing the game? I don't, I don't think it. I don't think. I don't think Pokemon it's. As, I don't want to get into. I don't want to get into an argument game. again. I think it's I a family even, game. But I don't think it is. But I think that is. I don't. I there there's is, nothing in that game that implicitly makes it adult. No, but it's more adult than when we were saying what was being alluded to last week of that needs to stay as a kids game. Was that's I the only said, thing I was no, thinking? You're, of. you're stretching super. Far. I'm not stretching. Oh no, children! I'm not stretching. Children are allowed to walk around anywhere. No, you but know? there's there's so much in Pokemon Go that is more clearly not adult in terms of adult themes, but he's more kind of the older audience of Pokemon that enjoys that game is there for them. That is a wild statement. I'm it is not a wild m- statement. Yeah, he's not. But I don't want. I'm not here. I'm not here to argue. I don't, yeah, I don't want to argue about I this because you're wrong. And uh, that, well, that is a wild statement. I, I think, I think there's a certain extent of Pokemon weren't going to make a move because uh, they probably thought this was just going to be like many other Pokemon ripoffs. Flash in the pan wasn't going to make you money. Wasn't worth. It'll fizzle out on its own. We won't need to. That's a shit uh, mentality to have. But yeah, sorry. Go on. Keep going. It, it's not cheap to like do these legal kind of things, you know. It's I'm what sure. do you mean? It's fucking Nintendo. Why do they care about it? it's not cheap? What do you <laughs> fucking mean? Like this yeah. is once again Japanese company. It's not even international law. It is just Japan. This is the most litigious fucking. They will like the amount of YouTubers and content creators that get their shit instantly fucked by Nintendo. 
is enough of a case to show that, you know, if Power World was a real problem for Nintendo, they'd already have done it. They're just fucking peacocking right now. They're just trying to be like, because their community is getting pissed off or their community is going in defense of it, and they're obviously talking, and a lot of people are going, hey, Nintendo, defend it, defend it, defend it. Nintendo has to do something to show like it's it's doing something. I think the thing that kills Power World is Pokemon bringing out a game similar. Because what instantly kills fucking Power World? If you can walk around in an open world and there's a fucking Eevee you can catch and there's a fucking uh, Charizard you can catch and fly around on and do that, you know, and easily openly world fly around on and stuff. And you walk in over a bridge and there's Virilian City. Like, I think there's, there's, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I think that instantly nobody ever plays Power World again if that game ever comes out. Power does not get mentioned again. What's your take on the Asmongold story this week? Asmongold, streamer, made I... remarks in which he said, artists' opinions don't matter. The only Look, opinions that matter Asmongold are the people who buy is... the games. Asmongold is a shitter that has some real shit takes. And I don't, I don't agree with him. I don't agree with him at all. I don't agree that artists don't matter. Like, I, that isn't the case whatsoever. Um... But don't you think that is the most prevailing opinion? In this discussion about Power World? In general. <laughs> the Do you think for most consumers, the art, the people who make the game don't matter? What actually matters well, is the product that I'm getting. as I said last getting. week, like for the general consumer, none of the discourse matters. Yes. Like I said last week with Hogwarts Legacy being the biggest kind of grossing game of last year, the general consumer does not give a fuck about discourse or discussion or anything. They just see an IP that they like and they buy it and they play it. That's all it is. People like they, they, like it is I guess in our bubbles or in like the the gaming bubble of people who are invested in the gaming communities that read things like in read your Kotaku's, your IGNs, your GameSpots, your whatever. Mm-hmm. We engage in it and we know it, you know? Um but for the general public that doesn't do that whatsoever they don't it's not i don't even think it's not that they don't care they just don't think about it they don't yeah, the more i think about it the more you know it's exactly the same way that mcdonald's is like the makes the most money of all restaurants yep you know, people just want what makes them feel good and they don't care how they get it or how you know who was behind it as long as it's right in front of them when they want it yep you like know? i just think so, it's it, it sadly that we are it's the same thing as like the referendum vote in in australia like in, in something that which is <laughs> <laughs> ashley's eyes just always burst out of his head like, like but he's like let's go know, here <laughs> pardon let's, let's go let's this go direction here. but i don't think i think it is it is a case of what we or what the minority of people and sadly it is a minority of people that have this ideal view of the world, an idealistic view of of what of things want, being better, of things being better. Sadly, just isn't the case for the amount of people. For most people, you know, it is the, and this is, it, it is the, and I guess I do it knowingly, which probably makes me worse in a lot of ways. But it's the same as like the digital versus physical media um, aspect of gaming and everything in general right like it isn't a case of 
oh, it, it, the thought of, oh, if we don't have physical aluminium, it's going to have a great effect on people's jobs. It's going to have an effect on a whole range of different jobs of people who make the discs, of people who, you know, the teams at the different de- developer studios that kind of organize and um, kind of make manufacturing and, and logistical aspects of it, the people that sell it. It's going to have an impact. But you have just those people that, they want the game and it's, they like the fact, me included, that like the fact that you can just open up your console, hit play or hit download or hit buy and you've got the game there. You didn't have to leave your house. You didn't have to go worry about trade-in deals. You didn't have to go worry about um, anything like that. It's just there, done, bing, bang, bosh. Like it, it's it's the same as kind of, it is the culture of society nowadays and I don't want to get too deep with it even though bringing up the referendum votes kind of like that but kind of deep yeah uh, kind of deep but like it's it's the state we're in with netflix and um mm-hmm. you know it's it's it is like kids these days who i couldn't I, I have this discussion with a friend recently i couldn't imagine growing up in a world where i just had every movie like not every movie but like a stupid range of movies and tv shows at my fingertips where I could just hit play on whatever I wanted anytime, any place. I couldn't imagine having Game Pass. It's my biggest selling point when I talk to people about trying to be like, yeah, Game Pass is amazing, is you just have everything at your fingertips. You have, uh, you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but it's like you now see in times where kids lose internet or don't have access to internet for a period of time, they don't get that that idea of just, oh, I don't have access to that. I don't have... I can't just pick this movie that I've always watched on Netflix. I can't do that. And I think it's just the way we are as a society nowadays is. Well, that's interesting because it kind of like, I don't think you guys talked about it last week, but obviously someone from Ubisoft said gamers should get used to the idea of not owning their games. And that got a bunch of backlash. It did. Yeah. But you're, you're of the opinion that. No, I don't think. No, no, no. A lot of the people in the younger generation are of the, the. are probably of that opinion already. Not even of that opinion, but they wouldn't be aware of the idea of, that mindset, of ownership. Yeah. yeah, they wouldn't have the idea of ownership of something. Um, I think you should still be able to own something digitally. Like I still think, I, I believe you should be able to have a digital license and that license should just work as long as it's able to. I don't see, I don't agree with anybody being like, hey, a company could one day just be like, hey, this game doesn't work anymore. Yoink, see you later. And like, just take the key off you completely. If it's a single player game, I understand with multiplayer games there are servers yeah. <laughs> and things. That is that is a different concept. That there are running infrastructure in the background to make it work. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, um, this year or next year, the Assassin's Creed Two multiplayer servers are being switched off. Or uh, it's not two because I think twos have already shut down. It might be Black Flags or or um, Revelations is getting the servers for their multiplayer shut off. That isn't stopping people from ever playing Black Flag the game or ever game. playing Revelations. Like that is that is where I would draw the line and say, yeah, there should be some ownership. But yeah, I don't think the concept of ownership is taught to many people these days because in terms of movies and, and, and TV shows and video games, because you know, we're getting more and more into the period of time where kids aren't gonna have a bookcase or a shelf filled with videos for them to pick from. It's they're going to open up Netflix and from an, a young age of three, four year olds, understand how to operate a TV to get them into Netflix 
and to get themselves mm-hmm. to pick a movie that they want to watch. Like, yeah. I think as a whole, we just, yeah, I think there is, that is our base point we are at now as a society, as humanity is we want things now and we have very little regards of how it got there or what damage that is doing beyond us being able to play the game. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, so yeah, I guess we'll see how this power world story progresses. Here's my, uh, here's my, do you think that 7 million numbers true? Yes. Do you think that's 7 million actual people? Yes. Like, like if I look at, so no, no, no. If I go, uh, steam, players because steam i know they can't actually lie about steam uh so people playing right now is 1.715 million people are playing power world on steam right now uh and i think it's in like the the most the third most purchased game or most played game um ever kind of steam demo stats is it I believe it. Like, I think it's pretty accurate. There's got to be some sort of conspiracy here. What, what do you mean by conspiracy? You know, they're like, power, the pocket power people like bought a bunch of codes for themselves. Copies. I, on a bunch of bot accounts. The thing is, right, I think... And you, you, you with asking these questions is buying into it a little bit. Is the, the idea that these power world people are... Uh, effectively they are not, I don't want to say bad people but they are people that are trying you're trying to state that they're sketchy which is I don't I don't know if you can inherently say that right? Like, Have you ever seen a game like this blow up in this way? No No, but the thing is right, no No. Survival games like this grow over but a course of there's period. never been a survival game like this, though. Oh, like there's, okay. there's, yes, there is definitely an aspect of this game that is cap. Like this is the thing, right? That is capitalizing on people's desires for this game to exist with another IP. This game is very much capitalizing on that. The amount of people there is a, and this is, I don't think anybody can doubt this or disprove this. There is a large player base out there that wants a Pokemon IP like this, or to have a Pokemon game that feels like this sort of newer generation game. Like there is, there is, and it, it's obvious that it has to be right. Like there has to be. The game would not be this successful if that wasn't a thing. Hmm. And Power World has capitalized on that and has filled the has filled the hole that was there. And I and I think that is a that isn't sure it you can discuss about yes or no, is it good or bad that Power World has done that? But again at the same time, it's kind of bad that Nintendo have left that hole there, you know? That hole wouldn't exist if Nintendo had done something with that with the IP and put something in their space. Sometimes you need holes. Um, nah. <laughs> let's, they need to be filled. We'll talk about Power World probably, probably again next week, the, un- the unless end, it yeah. does finally drop off a cliff. Nope. Or Nintendo. I highly doubt it's Nintendo. If Nintendo do something impressive, yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, final news story for this week. Karen, did you know that the Rocksteady game's coming next week? I know of this. I know, yes. I know of this thing, yeah. Yep. Uh, so this is one that caught a lot of attention. Uh, so I'm reading from Forbes. Uh, on Tuesday, Rocksteady will launch its first major game since 2015's Arkham Knight, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. But if you're wondering where press and creative reviews of the game are, just a few days ahead of that, you're not alone. This is not a situation where everybody has played and is just waiting for a day before the embargo, which is not that unusual, but instead, seemingly, no one has actual copies of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League right now. Uh, uh, the writer, Paul Tassi, says, I've been waiting for updates from the comms team for about two weeks now and was supposed to hear from hear something official yesterday, but didn't. Uh, but asking around the explanation is supposedly that, that since it, this is an always online co-op game, the servers simply aren't going to be turned on until the actual release on Tuesday the 30th. So no servers means that the press can't review the game ahead of that point. Uh, it's an explanation, I suppose. But then again, for Rocksteady's first enormous game in nine years, a hugely important title, it's pretty strange, and it feels like something that could have been concocted in, uh, I don't know, the last year to still actually allow early playthroughs of the game preview. Even if this is a live game with a lot more content to come, starting a month after launch, there's a sizable campaign to start with, which obviously can be reviewed. Uh, it's also... it's. It is also that this isn't, wasn't communicated at all. If the decision was made to not give out early copies because the server wouldn't be up, it seems strange that people were not told that ahead of time and could a plan accordingly. Now it's just too late anyway. I could get a code this morning and I simply don't have time to blaze through a massive game in two days or some sort of Monday embargo. And again, it doesn't look like Crest can even play with until launch anyway. I'm probably just going to end up buying the early edition myself at this rate. Uh, this seems to be a story that we've seen in many places. IGN even came out and said that they're not going to review copy out of launch. Um, it's not uncommon for press places to not get press codes until they have launch or put uh, articles up at launch. This one feels a little bit more cynical because uh, a lot of the previews were negative. Uh, this is the one where you feel like okay, if this was, if the if Rocksteady felt good about this game, they would want to get out ahead and prove it to everybody mm. through its reviewers and through the people that get hands on early. Yes, it. I think it attempted to do that with previews didn't go well. There's somebody in them, kind of either the management or the marketing or somebody has said, hey if people review this game, it's going to have a really negative impact on our sales. Let's just let people buy the game. Yes. And, you know, we'll buy the game without them knowing what the game is. Yes. And hopefully we get sales out of it. Yes. And I feel like there's, on the back of that, there's been a reasonably strong marketing push. Uh, obviously, they advertised on a certain wrestling event this past weekend. Um I've seen JBs have massive displays for Suicide Squad, um, but yeah, it it does not ring super promising. Um, but you know, it definitely feels like they're putting the game out. They're not. They want people to buy it before they can see what people's opinions are. And our advice would be: wait till you see the opinions of people before you actually buy the game. Hundred percent. And I'm gonna be. I'll be honest you most likely won't get an opinion on our website because I don't think... If they any... send Paris code, um, finish like a dragon, I'll give it a go. It actually give it a go, but I think 
you know, I think it's actually definitely seek out people who you trust the opinion on, watch gameplay for yourself. Um, yeah, give yourself a second to before you buy this game. Like, I think it's it's funny because it's very much um, the 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 tale of two coins. Because I think I, I almost felt like I wanted to say earlier when we were discussing the layoffs in gaming, where it's like the best thing that people can do is support the games you love and buy them when they come out. And the other side of that coin is definitely be wary of developer practices and be wary of what, you know, what is being done here in, in terms of this game. There is, there is so many red flags about this game. So, so many. I think it's um for anybody who has kind of not so much paid attention, like, but anybody who's across it is. And as we discussed in the Power World segment, the majority of people are probably not going to know about the discourse. Are probably not going to know anything about the reviews for the game. They're just yep. going to probably see a Justice League game and go, "Cool, I'm actually interested in that." Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Justice League is the other. Actually, DC is the better term yes, for it. A DC yes. game. DC game. Um, and be like, "Oh, it's a DC game by the same people who made those Batman games." Sweet, I'm going to buy it. But if you, you know. If you do listen to us, if you do listen to any gaming podcast, like I would strongly recommend. I suspect if you're listening to a gaming podcast, you've already heard all yes. the stories about Suicide Squad 100%. and are thus cautious. Yes. If yes. you know somebody who's interested in getting the game and does not listen to this, maybe advise them. That, yeah. You know, tell them. Um, maybe tell them to come listen to us. Um, that would That's that the would be, best option. Be really nice. Tell them to listen to Make us. Make them listen to this podcast, but give them the bookmark of this exact moment and yeah. we'll let them know. Um, Hey you, new listener. Your <laughs> friend has uh, pointed you to us to warn you. Wait a minute on Suicide Squad. Maybe try out Prince of Persia on the Nintendo Switch or check out Yakuza Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. If you want to hear more about Infinite Wealth, flick to the front of this episode. There's a whole there's a whole discussion about it. It's pretty fucking sweet, you know? Um if you you know, whatever you want to do. Or just play right. Arkham Asylum again. Or play Arkham Asylum or Power World. But you know, play whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to do, just just hold steady on the Suicide Squad game, just for a bit. Yeah, just, uh, just yeah, yeah, just hold until up. there's a, until there's a open critic score. Maybe just wait. Um, but yeah, do you think it's actually going to sell well? Do you think they'll be proud of the numbers that they're going to get on Suicide Squad? No, no, I hope not. I really hope, like, not. I hope not. Sounds bad. Because I like Rockstar. You don't think it's gonna? It's it's not gonna do Hogwarts Legacy numbers. No, I God no, it's not gonna do Hogwarts Legacy numbers. I don't know. <laughs> God no. Um, I, I I think this game needs to be the hill that life service games die on. In this manner, <laughs> in this manner, like I think this this which you know what? Guess what should have been the hill that life service games died on? Fucking Anthem. Yeah. It was within like a week or two. We just thought two, it was an anomaly. And within a week or two, that game was in bargain bins for like 25 bucks. Like, that, that, that. Yeah, so hold off because Suicide Squad might be in bargain Might be bins the same. Um, or Marvel's The Avengers or. That one lasted a while. That was. Yeah. That lasted a while, but didn't. It lived a good two, three years, you know, which is. I don't like know if a, you could like which is call... like a grandfather in, in live service <laughs> I games. I don't know if you could call being on live support the entire time as living, but you know, sure. Wow, just making people fun of people on live support. They're like, Kieran, that's that's pretty bad. 
So yeah, still side squad. <laughs> Over on Explosion.com, Dylan's got a review up for Turner Boy Robs a Bank. Uh, he gave it a 6 out of 10, and he said, I didn't have the uh, review loaded. This silly game often feels too difficult for its own good. The Bullet Hill inspirations aren't as charming as the rest of the game, and looking back, the first game is easily a much better experience thanks to its gameplay and characters. Uh, of course, you know, this five to six uh, hour roguelike, the second in this Turner Boy series, um, available on Xbox, PC, or Nintendo Switch. Um, yeah, Dylan, not a fan. But, you know, you can give this one, if you've got Xbox Game Pass, you can, like, give it a go, because it's on there. I don't know what else to say, because Dylan's not here. Give his other thoughts. So that was a game release this week. Uh, the other game I want to br- give a shout out to this week is Tekken Eight, which obviously released this uh, week on the critic quality critics. Uh, it's got a quality critic score of nine. Uh, over on well played, uh, who said it? Jordan Garcia says uh, Tekken Eight is exactly what I wanted it to be: cohesive, silly, fun, ridiculous, and brilliant. The King of Iron Fist returns with one more entry to close out its bombastic, chaotic story, and it does it in style. The fighting feels great, the story is silly and fun, the music rules, and the visuals are fantastic. Combine this with the game's new special style system, which lowers the barrier of entry for new players, and you have a Tekken game that easily caters to a wide variety of players. And then over at Games Hub, Leah uh, Williams says... Uh, with more accessible gameplay, very neat introductions to its array of fighters and their individual quirks, and new fighting style for new-to-be players, Tekken 8 feels like an incredibly worthy fighting sequel, geared to overtake its predecessors. If you're familiar with the Tekken series, there's nothing quite groundbreaking in the game's approach to fighting combat, but even with Tekken 8 building on the blocks of 7, it remains a compelling and glorious fighter, one buoyed by its lofty blockbuster ambitions. So yeah, Kieran, are you interested in playing Tekken 8? No. Are you, you going <laughs> to no, watch people I mean, play Tekken 8? No, I don't even... I think Tekken as a series, I think... Fighting games in general is not my cup of tea, and I, and I think that's it's um, it, it's an acquired taste for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think... Yeah, I, I was actually listening this week to the lore behind Tekken and how insane the lore of Tekken is in kind of the grand scheme of things. Like, just, like, um, how pretty much it's got to the point where, like, everybody owns a company and... Um, like Jin has started wars on the entire the world. Or, yeah, like it's it's um, like kind of one of the main antagonists is Kuma, which previously I thought was like the meme character because it's a fucking bear, but no, Kuma is a, a main kind of decent antagonist now in the Tekken series. I think you know what I, I always repeat. I always respect Tekken. I respect the um, the overall idea behind uh, the kind of the mastery of getting into the esport and, and how deep mm-hmm. developers go with thinking that ahead. But uh, just, yeah, not, not so much for me. No. Uh, yeah, I probably won't be playing Tekken 8, but it's interesting to see, uh, obviously in the back of Street Fighter uh, last year as well, like them adding a bunch of like accessibility options or like making, making it easier to get players into the genre. Um, probably a very smart move because obviously, you know, the fighting genre has been quite niche and you, if you want to get bigger, then you need to 
uh, appeal to the people who are probably like, I only play Smash Brothers, but I've kind of grown out of that. Like, what do, what do I play next? And then there's, you know, Street Fighter, which you, you know, kind of eat, ease them in, or Tekken, where you can ease them in. Um, so, yeah. I mean, fighting fighting fans have had a good 12 months, you know, between all the big games have been releasing in the genre. Um, so eat up because you're gonna be, it's going to be a drought for a while. <laughs> you're not going to get another release for the... It's, you get them all at once, then you're going to have nothing for a you while. You might get, like, a Guilty Gear randomly at some point, or one of those kinds of fighting yeah, games. Yeah, or, like, yeah. The, or the, or Dragon some Ball sort of other spin-off from yeah. another, other franchise. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's everything on this week's RK Couch. Let us know what you thought of anything we discussed on the show. Or what are your feelings on Power World or, you know, Suicide Squad, Kill Justice League? Let us know by going to explosion.com slash Twitter or jump into our Discord at explosion.com slash Discord. If you want to help us out here at RK Couch, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Podcast, so leave us five stars. And you can leave five stars or just tell people about the show. Uh, especially those fan friends that don't listen to any gaming podcasts because they need that information that we stated earlier and if you enjoyed this episode thought it was worth a dollar head on over to our coach page at explosion.com slash support thank you very much for listening and we'll see you here next week same time same couch bye You're listening. You're still here, aren't you? Welcome to the show. Have a good day. Episode's done now. You can go check out Towers of Thousand. Oh, platinum Explosion. That's probably more relevant for <laughs> if they're into gaming. <laughs>